Welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm Nathan, your host and senior producer of the podcast. You can find the Bridging Chicago podcast at our website, www.bridgingchicago.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by Jesse Iniguez, the founder of Back of the Arts Coffee, who alongside Myra Hernandez opened their first coffee shop here in Chicago in the Back of the Arts neighborhood. And I say first because I believe there's going to be more. That's right. But for now, you have the one here in the back of the yards uh, neighborhood here in Chicago, right? That's correct, yes. Awesome. So can you tell me, we, we are bridging Chicago, and so we always like to start with your connection to the city. So were you born here, raised here? Or you move here from somewhere? Yeah, both Myra and I were born here in Chicago, uh, specifically uh, well, actually, Myra was born in Mexico, but raised in back of the yards. I was born and raised in back of the yards. Um, our parents both uh, migrated from Mexico, yeah. um, and they came to back of the yards because there was jobs and cheap housing. Yeah, that's really what it was. Uh, okay. You know, back of the yards is it's it's known as the uh, you know back of the yards because literally behind the old Union stockyards. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chicago is so big on its neighborhoods. Um, so many people have such a connection with it. They know its history. They they really feel uh, like a part of that neighborhood. Do you feel that way in back of the yards? Do you like what's the the energy, the vibrancy of the neighborhood? I do. I think you know. I want to say in back of the yards in particular has a certain grit. Okay. Uh, there's you know there's people that grow up there. You kind of when when you see them somewhere else, you know you know there's that connection of yeah. growing up. You know. Growing up, it was a little rough. You know, things have changed a little bit. It's still not perfect, but uh, but there's a lot of good things that are happening in the community. Um, a lot of great people have come out of back of the yard. In fact, one of the farmers that we work with uh, from Honduras actually went to the same grammar school that I went to. A little bit wow. older than me, but <laughs> different generation. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, grew up in back of the yards. And, you know, we just met in, in Seattle at, the, at a coffee expo and, and right away, we kind of, there was that energy that we, of, that connected us, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about the neighborhood is that it, you can walk around and people say hello. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you can walk to the tortilleria, get fresh tortillas, you know, you know, the taqueria, and obviously, you know, fresh coffee, you know, the best coffee. And <laughs> so, so there's, there's a lot going on in the neighborhood and, and, you know, for all the, you know, the negativity that, that it gets sometimes from, you know, from the, the, the media and. Yeah. Uh, because you know they show what what you know some of the things that are happening, but there's a lot of you know great things that are happening, a lot of amazing people, and I just love being part of that community. I I always feel like Chicago is a really tough city to live in in the way like you, you got to have a little thick skin to live right. here. It's a midwestern yeah. city. It's friendly, probably more friendly than some other big cities, but but you still have to have some thick skin. You have to have some toughness to live That's in this right. city, That's and right. so. I think no matter where you're at here, it, it takes a certain kind of person to really appreciate what Chicago has to offer. And unfortunately, nationally, we don't always get portrayed as the best, safest, you know, cleanest city. But from what we see in these neighborhoods, the people in it are, they're just such hard workers. And it's like they're not going to let anything stop them That's right. from really trying to do their best. And, and not just that, but do good for other people there. Exactly. And, and back of the yards is a microcosm of exactly that, exactly what you just said. It's, you know, you basically just described my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there, but I definitely want to go. Not that I, I haven't been there that I know of, but yeah. Um, the, one of the things I really love about this podcast is discovering all these new places. Like, exactly. 
you know, we, it's a huge city, so it's, it's impossible to go out to everywhere, right, but right. Um, going to all these different neighborhoods is really cool. It is, and it's, it's only, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes from downtown, depending on the traffic, uh, and it's it's a great location, I think, and um, it used to be, you know, the the butcher house of, of, of the world, you know, they, yeah. they used to ship in, you know, the cows and the pigs, and then they'd come, you know, in the trains, and they go back as, as meat, and, you know, and so a lot of people, even if they weren't from back of the yards, are connected somehow uh, or some uh, way to, to the neighborhood. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what makes uh, back of the yards unique in the way of, like, if someone wanted to start a business, you know, when you think about starting a business, you think, oh, it's easiest to do downtown, River North, you know, Gold Coast, and those areas where there's a lot of tourist foot traffic, and so you're, you're pretty much going to always be guaranteed to have tourists walking by. Sure. But out in the sort of outer neighborhoods, um, it, it really is obviously more local traffic. So what is different about thinking about starting a business there? Like, what are some things that you had to think about that maybe they don't think about here? Sure. I think, well, for one is, um, you know, Chicago in general is a great uh, coffee roaster city. There's a lot of really good coffee roasters in the city of Chicago. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of really good coffee shops. The thing is, you know, I think it was like 95% when we first opened, 95% of the coffee shops uh, in Chicago or Chicagoland area were on uh, the downtown and the northeast side of Chicago. Yeah. Areas on the southwest side, like back of the yards, on the northwest side where there's high concentration of Latinos, it just aren't, there weren't any coffee shops. Um, and so it, it was a little scary at first because yeah. I would like to think, you know, Starbucks does their research, right? Some of these other, you know, coffee companies, they do their research. The thing is, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? right? And so, and I think part of the problem with, you know, some of these larger corporations is that they don't have people like us in the C-suites, uh, in the director role, and so, you know, coffee's a big thing in our community, and you think it's grown in Latin America, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we, we did some research, and, and we, we found that, you know, uh, Latinos drink more coffee than any other ethnicity in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, including over Caucasian. It's like uh, 69% of us drink at least one cup of coffee a day, Wow. versus the second place would be Caucasian at like 58, so it's, it's an 11-point difference. It's pretty high. Yeah. The thing is, Again, we don't have coffee shops, and then the quality of the coffee that you know you can that's available in our community yeah. is not the highest. So, yeah. so you know, and knowing that, and knowing that I would have to travel long distance, costing me time and money to access good coffee, or you know, stick to the cheap stuff. Um, I thought you know maybe there's maybe there's an opportunity, and and uh, we just started letting people know. And uh, the day that we opened up uh, our shop, we had a line out the door. So wow. Yeah. Do you think there's something that makes it really tough for people who are in the neighborhood, who know the neighborhood, who grew up there, who are familiar with what the energy is there, that makes it difficult for for those people to start these businesses? Because we, you know, chains are going to be everywhere. There's, right. I'm sure there's probably Dunkin's there yeah. and other chains there. Um, but for people who grew up there, who really know what it's like there, what are some things that really make it difficult for, for people to, to start things like what you did? I think the biggest, you know, obstacle, uh, even to us and to this day, uh, one of the reasons, one of the things that has limited our growth is access to capital. Mm. And, and I think, you know, I think immigrants by nature are entrepreneurs. Like yeah. to, to come to 
a different country and where you don't know the language, um, you know, coming from a hot, you know, where my family from, we had 80 degree weather all the time to, yeah. you know, some of our, you know, harsh winters in <laughs> Chicago. That yeah. <laughs> so, and I think there's a lot of good ideas, people who are just looking for ways to make it. Um, but again, it's just the, the biggest obstacle is the access to capital. And, and that's one of the things that we're trying to do. We're, we're um, you know, as we're kind of growing and developing, um, we're now providing opportunities for other small businesses to, to learn from our mistakes. Um, I would say failure is, is, is a privilege. Yeah. Um, and so, and we're helping them get started and, you know, give them the opportunity to be successful from day one. Yeah. You, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that failure is a privilege um, because I think one of the really important things in, uh, in growing these kind of businesses and minority-owned businesses and female-owned businesses is understanding what role privilege plays in all this because um, you have to be willing to take on some level of failure and exactly. understand that you're going to have to fight for resources exactly. in ways that other people may not have to. Mm -hmm. And so for you, um, how do you kind of look at this and say, okay, you know, you were able to do this, you were able to fight through, you were able to start this up not knowing if it was going to succeed or not, and, and that had some level of privilege to it. Yeah. So how do you sort of take that into what you do and how you carry out that social responsibility? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why it's important because part of knowledge, it, to me, knowledge is meant to be shared, right? Yeah. And so, it, you know, just because we started down here doesn't mean everybody should as well. I mean, and so there's certain things uh, that we have acquired throughout the process that we want others to to learn mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, part of what we do is, is uh, you know, we have a social mission as well. So we give back. And, you know, for us, you know, it, it's part of our DNA because both Myra and I, we benefited from programs that, you know, that helped us in the neighborhood, uh -huh. okay. that they got us through scholarships. So for us, we, we see that as a recipe for success. Yeah. And so now that we have the resources, again, instead of starting at the bottom, we're trying to help, you know, you know, stepping stool, right? To, yeah. to get us, our folks from the community, more options and more opportunities, you know, to, to grow uh, by providing jobs that are, that are um, you know, meaningful and mm -hmm. that, that pay uh, above minimum wage, um, that pay living wages. Um, these are things that are important to us because, you know, we're trying to set the example and, and set a standard. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I saw outside the, the, the Forge magazine for the, I'm like, I, I don't aspire to be a billionaire. You yeah, know, I yeah. think we, we, it's about sharing that wealth and it's, um, and bringing other people to, what's the saying, uh, lift as you climb. Mm. Um, and I think that's part of what we're trying to do. I think there, we, we're trying to prove that you could be a, a profitable business, uh, that's, uh, you know, mission driven and that's doing good, right? We don't have to be uh, greedy, right? Yeah. And uh, still provide high quality coffee, still provide a uh, good service. But at the same time, when you come to see us, you know that you're contributing to a good cause simply by buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I think the good cause goes, um, it's not just like you're going to turn around and give those funds to other people. Right. That may happen, but that's not just what it's about. It's, uh, it's also about, uh, one of the things that people don't always understand is that, um, yes, it's about access to resources, but it's just about being able to know those resources are there. Exactly. I've heard from a lot of people that they say, we just don't know. And so yeah. how do how do we find out the same things that, 
you know, other people are finding out where, like, maybe it's about scholarships or it's about, you know, they say, oh, I would love to go to college. I have the grades to go to college, but I can't go to college. And it's right. like, well, you can, but you just don't know these resources are available exactly. to you. And they're there. And, and mm-hmm. to your point of, of, of scholarships, I, I remember uh, a professor of mine, a Latina professor, uh, told me one time, he's like, you know why uh, Latinos don't get scholarships? And she says, because we don't apply. Yeah. And so that stuck with me. And, and so... You know, part of, you know, how, you know, we've gotten grants, uh, especially during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, prior to the pandemic, there were very few business grants. And, you know, we got the FedEx uh, small business grant um, and we th- we got it because we applied. Yeah. And and it just, you know, we, we apply, apply until, you know, get a lot of no's. But when we get a yes, uh, we develop good relationships, you know, get uh, much needed resources. And and so. So, yeah, that's that's been my motto ever since. Just apply. Yeah, when when companies like FedEx come alongside people, partner with them, and they do it in a way where you get to do what you want to do, right? And you get to do it in the way that you have envisioned doing it. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I think it same like like we're doing with with some of these smaller businesses that are that we're kind of helping now. Yeah, that's basically what you know FedEx has done done with us. Aside from from the the funds from the grant. Uh, we've had opportunities like recently, you know, we're, we're with the, um, um, the, the e-commerce learning lab that they, that they, uh, fund that's helping us really revamp and, and rework our online, uh, presence so that we can have a good, you know, another source of, of income there. Yeah. Um, I got to go to uh, NASCAR in Daytona. That's something I've never done before <laughs> and, yeah. and really, uh, you know, uh, experience that sport and, uh, and, you know, Different experiences. They they they've taken us to to Memphis, and we've met with some of their uh-huh. their um, you know directors and and experts in, in their field, and and it's just that access that we didn't have before. Yeah. And I think that's why. I mean, to be honest, part of what we're doing is you know we're piggyback uh, piggybacking off off of what FedEx has done with us. Yeah. And and I think that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, I, I really like that uh, lift as you as you climb. Because some people will say, well, when I get there, then that's when I'll exactly. you know, help other people up. But it's like, I think it's really hard that, you know, when you get there, it's hard not to be greedy because you know, everyone wants to think if I were a millionaire, I'd right, give right. half of it away. <laughs> it's like, it's great to say when, when you're not a millionaire. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but I think lift as you climb, it, it really shows that, you know, it's like, it's easier to do as you go because the lessons are fresh. Exactly. And and the resources are going back into the neighborhood and back into the people who really need them. Right. And we're and we're doing them as we're going. So like it's and it's part of our DNA. It's it's baked into our, our, our mission. Mm. Um that we, we call it uh SEED, uh which stands for social impact, economic development, environmental responsibility, and direct relationships. So wow. everything that we do uh involves either one or all four of the pillars. Like yeah. for example, hiring local. Uh yeah. You know, that's a, both social impact and economic development because we're helping, uh, you know, the the, econ- the economics of the, the community. Um, and you're right. I think, you know, a lot of people say, you know, when I, you know, when I become a millionaire or whatever, yeah. you know, I'm going to do this. So the thing is, you know, that never happens because it, you're always kind of pushing the bar yeah. further and further ahead. Yeah. And, you know, with, you know, but if it's part of what you already do, mm-hmm. um, it's already part of our, you know, our Expenses, you know, it's it's part of um, built in, built in exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so for us, it's it makes it that much easier. 
and and we don't feel like we're the ones contributing. It's our customers that are contributing by purchasing. Wow. You know, there was um, University of Chicago uh, a professor that won the Nobel Peace Prize. His name is escaping me now, but uh, 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 Richard Thaler. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> His his whole research was, you know, make things easy for people to do them. Otherwise, they won't. Yeah. And true. and so that's what we're doing. We're we're making it easy for people to contribute to something positive by doing something they're already going to do. Purchase yeah. coffee. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the coffee for a second because it's important. That's right. <laughs> um, admittedly, not a coffee drinker, but I'll enjoy a nice pumpkin spice latte in the yeah. fall, and then maybe some like summer. But. Uh, what what is it about the coffee itself that draws people in? And and when you're when you were sort of crafting this coffee, what was important to you to make sure to that was uh, to have qualities about the coffee? Sure. So for me, first time I walk into a coffee shop with my freshman year of college, like I, I honestly didn't know these things existed. Maybe on TV or shows and stuff like yeah. that, but it was like a vague kind of sense. I never actually walked into one. So when I walked into there, just the the, the vibe of the space, the smell of, of, of the coffee is inviting. Um, to me, it was it was a safe space where I can enjoy a good cup of coffee. Um, the coffee itself kind of, you know, to me, brings people together. It's, it's you meet people at a coffee shop. Yeah. It's kind of like a bar without the alcohol, right? You yeah, still yeah, yeah. maintain, you know, your, your, uh, your five senses, right? And, yeah. And so to me, that's what it does. And, and then as I've gotten more and more into you know the coffee world and really appreciate the process of coffee how it's made and and um you know the people that grow it and and how long they have to wait for it to you know bloom for the first time and then um you know coffee comes in a little tree that you know it's a cherry tree right mm -hmm. but it's it's um coffee cherries and and it's a seed. That's why we our our, our seed model comes from it. Yeah. People call it coffee bean, but they're actual seeds. And these seeds are are rock hard. Like you, they smell like wet grass. Um, you try buying them, you're gonna break your 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 teeth. And at some point, someone discovered that if you you know put them in a like a 400 degree oven, and that it'll uh, it'll have a married reaction, and that it'll change color, kind of, and then pop like a popcorn huh. and you're essentially drawing out the moisture and and it goes from this green thing that smells like wet grass to this brown thing that smells amazing and it's and it does smell exactly and so all that to me like it, it, it drew me in. and then to the fact that like depending on how many seconds more or less you roast it you can change the flavor profile yeah if you combine beans from different regions that creates a different flavor profile. It's it's science, it's art, um, and so we've worked really hard to to come up with really good blends and and really good roasts and and so that's something that I'm super proud of. And it's fun, and I'm glad you mentioned because we don't often talk about that because you know we often talk more about you know our, our work and our mission, yeah. which is the most important part for me. But I also it's important to, for people to know that. Our coffee is still like yeah. top notch. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's part of the thing is if the coffee's not good, people won't shop. Exactly, there. exactly. They're gonna go to the chain. They're gonna go somewhere else. The product still has to work. Exactly, one hundred percent. And our forty seventh Street blend that was our first blend, and we worked hard to to coming up with that that flavor profile because what we wanted was we know that the the majority of our customers in the community had not been exposed to specialty coffee, right? 
Yeah. So we wanted something yeah. that was very similar uh, to what they're familiar with, but then they had something extra at the end that was quality that they didn't recognize, but they enjoyed, right? And and so, so yeah, so uh, to me, our 47 Tree Blend, that's what I drink every day. Yeah. And we did it with our, our customers in mind. That's That's awesome. I was interested, you said something about safe spaces. You mentioned safe spaces in there. And for me, a safe space just, just it doesn't just mean you walk in and you feel like you're not going to get hurt. You're not going right. to get, you know, whatever. You feel safe physically. But it also means you walk in and you see people who you feel represented by. Exactly. And so it's, you know, you see all kinds of different people, females, males, people of other genders. You, it's like you see you there. And I think for a long time, uh, we have gone to places where we don't see us in them. Exactly. And so for you, what was important about, like, when people walk in, you want them to feel represented in your shop? Of course. I mean, particular, you know, people from our community, I mean, we one of the things that, that someone told us was like, oh, this coffee shop looks like it belongs downtown. I'm like, yeah. no, no, it belongs here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can have nice things, right? But But it's also inviting in that, like, you know, the people that work there are your neighbors. Yeah. The people that you know, um, the 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 coffee and and the the things that we sell there are, are familiar to us and you know to our community, um, and that's not something that you necessarily find in other coffee shops, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and uh, but even like for me, one of the things that that, re- that I really like about the coffee shop experience in general, and, and one of the things that we wanted to do and uh, continue to do at at the shop is provide a space where you can just like. Get away from the outside world. Yeah, you know, you want to take your laptop and work. You want to read a book. Uh, you want to write. Um, that's what I used to do. I grew up in a three-bedroom household with, you know, uh, seven siblings <laughs> and my parents. So, as you can imagine, the chaos and many of them are older yeah. than the kids. Yeah. So, I, aside from locking myself in the room to be able to focus on my homework, having a coffee shop allowed me the space, yeah. you know, to just think. You know, and, and that sometimes I couldn't do it in my own house. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a lot of kids yeah. in that house. But Small Mexican family. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah oh, that's, that's a lot of people in a house. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, those are the stories that it's just like you can relate to those stories yeah. because it, it, those are families. Those are people who are just living life. And then when you grow it into something that, that you're doing, I think is really cool. For you... What what do you where do you want to see this go? What do you want to do with Back of the Arts Coffee? I, I want it to be a national brand. We were trying. We want it to be, you know, we want to compete with the Starbucks of the world. Um, you know, better quality, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we have. I think the model more than anything because I think the model that we have can can grow and be applied. Yeah. Just like I mentioned in Chicago, um, where areas where high concentration of Latinos, there's a lack of coffee shops. We we looked at top ten cities with the high concentration of Latinos and they just same same thing same thing no coffee shops yeah and yeah. so we feel that there's a an opportunity uh, to to do that and to grow and and so if if our community and and our, you know the people like us and and they allow us to grow we'd be happy to do that yeah and I'm sure that uh, that is one thing I do love about Chicago is when it, when it sees people succeed, it, it steps up to that challenge. Right. Chicago wants you to grow. They want you to succeed. And I think that once they see that's happening, 
they really step up and they really, you know, what can we do? How can we come around you? And I think that's so great too. Exactly. And then that's what, and it's one of the reasons you mentioned earlier is like, there's a certain grit, a certain spirit of Chicago, like that whenever, you know, we're, we have the, we're the city with the most beautiful flag. Like we, we, yeah. you know, adapted it. Like, yeah. like who wears their flag on their chest? Like yeah. outside of a Chicagoan, right? And, and so I think, you know, we're very proud of, of businesses that start here, of, of people that succeed from here. And so I feel that definitely, and, and that I have a lot of support from, from my fellow Chicagoans and, and, um, you know, I'm excited to, to grow and, and to continue to provide opportunities to other communities and other folks and, and, um, yeah, and to continue having the support of, of our fellow Chicagoans. Yeah. And, and we absolutely want to continue our support. You know, we, we don't want to just have you on a podcast and say, thanks for coming and then send you on your way. We definitely love to partner together. I want to come to the shop and, and experience the shop. Uh, if if you're not a coffee drinker, I'm assuming there's stuff still there for you. Yeah, and you mentioned the 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 uh, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. So I would say we we have our own uh, Mexican spice, a cafe oh. de olla, and it's it's uh it's very good. It's it's my grandmother's recipe, and it has cinnamon, you know, raw sugar molasses, and Mexican spices. So it's very similar to a pumpkin spice minus a, minus a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still like some. Uh, it's interesting flavors, and I think for me, it's like. You know, it's it's got to be interesting, yeah. and that's you know that's what makes coffee. It is actually pretty cool because it's like you can start with this one thing, and then you can add on all these flavors, and you can come up with so many different flavor profiles, even though it's the same bean that exactly. starts it. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely, and it's or seed. I, as it I is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's and coffee to me is a beautiful thing, and and again, like I've had the privilege uh, of actually going to the farms and and seeing the people that that pick you know the cherries and and that do the work uh, yeah. that often you know get forgotten and and i've been there and working with them and it's it's hard work uh and so i only do it for a little bit you know and then i can get back home and they they do it you know they go up and down the mountains you know eight times a day and wow and uh yeah so to me it, it's it's a this thing that is only grows in a certain area that we bring out here and we make it something different so it is a beautiful thing and, and it's a thing to be shared and 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 I to me that's coffee is is has been the best thing for me. Yeah. Uh tell us where your shop is located. So it's back of the arts, uh in South Side of Chicago, uh 2059 West 47th Street. It's on 47th and Hoyne. Okay. And if people are using public transit, is there an easy way to get there? Yeah, you can take, you know, Orange Line, um, you know, and uh Ashton bus and 47th uh, Street bus. Um you know, pass it through there. Um, you can also find us online at backyardscoffee.com or by.coffee. Um, and we're, we're in, you know, look for us in, in other coffee shops and restaurants. And uh, hopefully um, in a couple of months, we'll be at, at also at grocery stores. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. I'm sure um, the model that you have is, is so inspirational. It's not, I think obviously it'll work, but I, I think it's really inspiring too. And I think people will really connect with that. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and sharing awesome. with us. It's been, it's been so cool to, to hear what you're doing. And I mean, we hope that you grow exponentially. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And yeah. it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, and we want to thank you for tuning into this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. You can also find us on LinkedIn by searching Bridging Chicago or, of course, by visiting www.bridgingchicago.com. And be sure to check out Back of the Arts Coffee on Facebook and check out their Instagram at Back of the, Back of the Arts Coffee Co. Follow them on Twitter at TheArts underscore coffee. 
Thanks again for tuning into this episode and we'll see you on the next one. Jesse, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including, but not limited to, or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.